Today, I was actually planning on making this, well, I had wanted to make this topic about building a SaaS company, an enterprise SaaS company. I wanted to make it much more elaborate and all this stuff, but uh, it quickly got way too complicated and I felt like I started focusing on things aside from what I really wanted to talk about, which was just sharing my experience in the process of building a SaaS company. And so I scrapped it all and just broke it down to a very simple, just kind of what this channel is, what I've been doing anyways, which was just talking straight to the camera, keeping it nice and simple and, and, uh, and just making it as frictionless as possible for me to quickly share my thoughts and my experiences and my setbacks and all these things with uh, with this audience. And so that is the topic for today is building an enterprise SaaS company. SaaS stands for software as a service and this usually refers to products and services, software services that enterprises, meaning businesses, uh, pay for whether on a subscription type basis or a yearly contract, whatever it is. And there's a lot of variations depending on your market and your product and, and a lot of different things. And so um, and you can really go down a rabbit hole going into all the different nuances of a SaaS company because that's really just a broad category. And so I'm just going to talk about uh, the very first steps in building an enterprise SaaS product. And I think the lessons here that you could draw from this apply not just to SaaS products. I think you can apply these to B2C consumer products. Um, but really, it just you can really take a lot of lessons from the process that you go through. And today I'm gonna be starting by talking about the client discovery or the customer discovery phase of your product. And what that essentially means is, it's very self-explanatory, is getting a very clear and and uh, honed in idea about who you are selling to, what you're selling them, what problem it solves for them, how big of a market, meaning how many other how many other businesses and people have this problem that you can also sell to, and just start to figure out who and what you're selling to, uh, who who and what you're selling and to who, and you do all of this before you have any lines of code uh, on, on, on screen. And so this is a very critical step, and this is the step that I am in, which is just this learning phase where you're just meeting with as many people and I'm going to get into who I'm meeting with and what I'm asking them and all that in these in this video and the coming videos. But I like to describe this phase as the learning phase. I'm just here to listen and learn about the world that I'm trying to build a product for. So if it's a, a, a tool for marketing departments to use, uh, then I my goal is to go and learn about the roles of you know, the chief marketing officer or the d director of marketing or the VP of marketing and learn about what they care about, what they're judged on, what they, uh, where the friction points in their day-to-day -day operations are and what, what are some pain points that they don't even know they're having 
um, that software can be used to solve for them, save them time, money, and just make them much more efficient and much more focused on what they're actually there to do, which is in the case of marketing, which is uh, all centered around marketing. You can apply that principle to whether you're talking about the finance department, the HR department, whatever it is. And uh, so this phase is all about learning about your target audience, your target customer. And there's really two ways you can go about this. You can either be someone who is an industry veteran. Maybe you've worked 25 years as, again, using the marketing uh, example, as, as a chief marketing officer of a, of a big company. And so you have a lot of uh, foresight, understanding of the problems and the challenges of, uh, of a marketing department. And so that, by, by definition, makes you very well uh, very, very familiar with, with the challenges and the opportunities in that in that world. Um, that also has some downsides. Maybe because if, after you have been a, a veteran of an industry, you start to have blind blind spots to areas where, uh, where there can be opportunities for improvement. But you have just maybe, uh, you don't have that fresh set of eyes that, that, uh, that gives you the insight as to what could be changed or what could be improved in it. Maybe you, maybe this uh, fault or maybe this uh, friction point in your day-to-day job is a thing that you just have always known about and just lived with and so you haven't really had a need or desire to fix that fr- uh, friction point. And so you you have a chance of missing out on, on real uh, under or overlooked problems. And uh, so there's good and bad with being a industry veteran. Um, of course, I am not an industry veteran in the product that I am building, which is not a marketing uh, solution, by the way. I'm just using that as an example. But I, I, I am an outsider. I am someone who um, um, is, you know, what, what the industry calls a fresh set of eyes and a fresh perspective. And so, just like how there were downsides of being an industry veteran, there's also downsides of being a fresh set of eyes, and that is the lack of perspective and the lack of experience, which could also be used as to your advantage, but you have to at least start somewhere. And so for me, as someone who is a fresh set of eyes, I have to make up for that by going out into the real world and meeting with people that know the industry as much as possible, as very, very well, and just learn from them and ask them questions and start to paint a picture for myself about where the opportunities are that uh, software can and can really solve and make that experience a lot better. And so with that being said, this fresh new perspective that I can offer equipped with the knowledge and understanding of the opportunities that gives now gives me a hunch or a hypothesis about a specific feature or a specific product that I can build to serve these businesses. And so usually start with a hunch. Um, even if you don't have a clear idea about the type of product you're going to be building, you have an idea of, uh, of the nature of the product. And so you're not going in to these interviews and into the, out into the world learning about the industries with just a complete blank uh, kind of a blank canvas, you usually have a hunch about possible pain points in that industry. But a hunch is not enough. You can't just go out and commit a lot of time and resources and money into building a product that solves a hunch that you have about pain point. You have to take that hunch and verify it and you have to confirm it. And in, in, in most 
in more in more cases than not, your hunch will be slightly off and you're gonna have to adjust it a little bit or you're gonna be very off and you have to completely pivot away from that idea. But um, you have to learn, uh, you know, you have to go out in the field and and meet with extremely high quality people that can give you true insight into the industry that you're solving. So if, again, for this marketing idea, if I am trying to build a marketing solution for the marketing department to use, I have a hunch maybe about some pain points that the marketing department has, but I need to go and meet with the most qualified people in their marketing industry and ask them about, not about, not, I don't ask them, and I'm, gonna, I'm probably gonna make a whole video about the types of questions that I have been asking in these discovery meetings, but uh, just a quick summary, you don't go and ask them, hey, would you use this product or how much would you pay for this product if I gave it to you right now? Um, that usually goes down a very, uh, a very wrong path of getting false negatives and, and getting people who are overly optimistic to tell you that yes, they would use it. I'm gonna spare that part for this video, but the, I'll keep a little more general in that you go and meet with, for me, I have set out to meet with at least 20 high quality people that's uh, decision makers in their, in, their, uh, in their industry and in their companies to get a real sense of what kind of products they use, where the pain points are. I just listen about their day-to-day -day lives. I, I, I don't make them tell me where there's opportunity. I simply just listen to them telling me about their day-to-day -day work lives. And I, it's my job as the, as the product envisioner to come up with solutions for problems that they might not even know that they have. But the key thing is that it has to actually be a problem. You might think it's a problem that they have, and it might actually, might actually be a problem that they have, but it's not something that, that's worth them paying X amount of dollars for, or it's not worth, there's so many aspects to it that you really have to play with, and I'm, really, I'm, I'm gonna go into that as I experience more and more of these interviews. Um, but, so to quickly summarize, I am, before I go out and build this enterprise level product, enterprise meaning, a product for businesses to buy I'm gonna take the opportunity to go and meet with those businesses to learn about their world and learn about their their what they care about and what they where they struggle and it's my job then to connect all those dots from all the different interviews that I do and propose a prototype and then I go back to them and say based off of our conversation and off of the conversations that I've had with 19 other people if, if you're doing 20 total this seems to be a, a, a product that um, I believe will work for you. What do you think about it? And now they're using it, and then you know you get you either get them to commit to it or whatever it is. I'm not at that point yet, and so I'll have much more clarity on how all that goes down. It's very unlikely. It's very likely that it's not going to go as smoothly as that. It's going to be a very much a one step forward, two steps back, iterate, then you jump ahead, and then you come. You know, it's a very much a iterative process. Um, but I wanted to leave it there. Uh, wanted to leave it there for for this part of this video. I, I see it's already uh, getting pretty long. But I just wanted to orient on the the early days of of client discovery, customer discovery for the product that you want to build. And the key thing is, you don't build anything until you know for sure that you're going to be solving a problem, a real tangible problem that they're willing to pay you for. Um, you don't commit any resources until you do that.
and in the process you get to meet so many different people from different companies and that is a very important aspect of this whole experience is because even though this initial meeting you're not there to sell them on anything you're there just to learn and learn about them and learn about their world and learn about their responsibilities but don't kid yourself because that is really the first sales meeting when you are at when you are in those client discovery meetings when you're meeting with the CMO of a of a local company or or whatever even though you're not selling them on anything, you're selling them on yourself and you're selling them on the desire to solve their problems. And so you're there to listen to and take all this information, connect all the dots from all the other things you've heard from other people and create and propose a product for them that will make their lives, will make their work a lot easier, save some time, whatever it is. And um, really the sales process starts from there and that can really make the process, once you do have things, something to sell, you're not going to sell people. It's such an easier, it's a way easier conversation when you can go back to those people who you had the client discovery meetings with and said, "You told me you have this problem. You told me that this is a, so this is something you would pay for, and here it is. And now it's time to put your money where your mouth, where your mouth is. And so, uh, and in all likelihood, you'll you can come up with a way to get them to commit to an early demo, a, a prototype, a beta, to be part of a beta program. Um, you can work that out and as I experience more of that I'm going to be going uh, into that a little more and, and sharing how that has worked out in my situation because I've read a lot of different scenarios and a lot of different um, success stories but I'm, I'm fairly weary of them all because I don't know how it's going to play out in my situation so um, I don't want to talk about that because that can uh, kind of lead people down the wrong path I'm, I just really want to share what I am going through and um, to quickly summarize, again, I've probably said that a couple times now, but um, I'm currently at this early days of the client discovery. I'm meeting with potential clients not to sell them on anything, although I'm selling them on myself and getting them to respect me and to respect what I'm doing. But I'm there to learn and, and start to paint a picture and get clarity on the potential problem. I'm going to leave it there for this video. Thank you so much for watching. Take care.